Ladies, if you are tired of the traditional group coaching model that was right for a season, but it isn't right for now, if you are ready to have elevated conversations, ready for masterminding in the truest sense of the word, where you combine your collective wisdom and your collective intelligence and what God is speaking to your heart, if you are ready for an experience that takes your soul into account, into your life and relationships and the totality of you into account, then I want you to connect with me because God has given me the vision for a mastermind experience that is like no other, that is really going to take you to the next level in your business, in your relationships, in your life, where you can connect with some extraordinary women just like you who are ready to go all in on the vision that God has given them. An awakening is happening, and I know you're feeling it in your soul. A renaissance is happening, and it's time for you to emerge. I want you to message me. I want you to go to my website and reach out because I really, really want to connect with you more, have a conversation and really talk to you about this mastermind experience that is by invitation only. And it'll be a select group of extraordinary women who want to go all in on what God is calling them to do. Don't wait, don't delay, because these invitations won't be available for long. And I want you to be at that table with us. Welcome to the Elevated Podcast. I'm Amy Van Slambrook, former corporate executive turned therapist and coach to high profile women and couple entrepreneurs. And we are going to have the conversations you've always wanted to have with the people you have always wanted to know. We are going to bring your life, your faith, your business, and most of all, your relationships to an elevated level through conversations you've never heard before. Tune in and stay with us because it's about to get really, really elevated. Welcome to She Sells Radio. I am so excited to bring you my guest in this conversation today about I know we're going to cover a lot, but I'm fairly certain we're absolutely going to cover how inner healing will transform your business results. And I have to tell you too. So just for context, the first time I ever did inner child work, I thought it was going to be such a bunch of hooey. I was kind of like kicking and screaming and like, really, this is what you want me to do to help elevate my business results. And then I did it. And I realized how insanely important it was. Um, I realized how much I was limiting myself with old belief patterns, old thoughts that I'd picked over the years and how much of those old patterns had been influencing my business and limiting what I was bringing in and limiting how much I was putting myself out there. And as I've been on kind of my own path and journey of healing trauma and doing the inner work, it's been such a catalyst for the growth that I've experienced that now I have all my clients do it. A lot of them will also enter into it with the same kind of skepticism of why is this happening in a business training program or in a sales training program? And then they go through the transformation and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize what a missing link this was in my success. And so today I'm bringing you a real expert in the space of healing lifelong traumas, 
transforming your pain into your power, as she said, which I love. So my guest today, Amy Van Slambrook, is really leading the field in this space. And she's the coach. She's a, a psychotherapist for entrepreneurial women and couples. She's a top 200 Christian influencer and has trained personally with experts like Dr. Daniel Amen to bring really cutting edge coaching and healing solutions to high achieving entrepreneurs. So Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. And I know this is going to be a really enlightening and empowering conversation for me and for all of our listeners as well. Oh, Elise, I couldn't be more thrilled to be here today speaking to you and your audience. You and I have had so many beautiful conversations about this. And I will echo that the first time my therapist started doing this kind of inner child healing work with me, which was over 22 years ago, I had the same sort of reaction. Like, did you really? Uh, Oh, okay. What well, is this a little person that's going to like enter the room? Do I have an imaginary friend? What, what does this have to do with anything? And it is, it continues to be just such a cornerstone of, of everything that I do for women. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, for sure. Well, and I, I want to dive in today and from a scientific and from a psychological standpoint, help our listeners really understand why and how this work matters if they haven't had their own experience of it yet and why it will directly impact your sales and your career results. But before we do that, I'd love to give some context of your own journey because I know what you know, for, for so many of us and for you included, right. It's like that own, our own personal journey will so often influence the gifts that we're able to bring into the world and the transformation we're able to help others create. And so you had your own journey in the space of trauma and healing. And so I'd love if you could kind of share just some of that backstory of what, what was life like growing up or what happened along the way to get you really interested in this work. And we'll, we'll take it from there. Absolutely. Well, um, as God has often had to do with me and my my faith and spirituality are a big part of my life. So you'll hear me referring to that often. Um, but whatever that is for you, replace that word. It was in the year 2000. And um, God has used various what I call two by fours in my life where it's like he he needs to shake me to get me to wake up. And I was getting ready to do my normal 530 a.m. workout and got in the scale and realized I weighed what I did when I was nine hmm. and I was 28. And at the time, my eyes were finally opened to the fact that I really had been battling anorexia and I was also not missing any days of work and I had an active corporate career and nobody on the outside while they could see the physical ramifications of what I was doing and trying to get my attention I felt like nothing was wrong mm. you know and I had certainly been through therapy before but what I was about to embark on was really what therapy is and so at that moment I woke up and I realized I had probably about three more weeks to live. And I, in that moment, took, in my mind, God's hand and decided I was going to heal. 
And at that moment, I wanted to help the world, you know, because I was deciding to to take care of whatever was at the root of this. And I started a journey with a really skilled therapist named Holly Finley, and she runs a beautiful eating disorder clinic out in New Mexico. And she helped me to see that the tentacles that had gone through my life and woven their way through my life were really all trauma rooted. All of the dysfunctional relationships I'd had multiple times, um, the issues with my own career where I felt like I was hitting a ceiling or worse yet, I felt apathy, you know, shelving those goals and saying, well, you know, are they really that important? And just trying to fit into a quote unquote normal life when all of my childhood, I knew that I was meant to have an extraordinary life, but I was trying to fit into this, you know, why isn't this working? And she helped me to see that behind all of those unhealthy patterns in my life, including the anorexia, trauma was the root of it. And she helped me to uncover things that I'd really, I'd spoken some about Elise, but I never tied them to trauma. I thought, well, uh, yes, I was sexually assaulted in high school, but is that really trauma? Mm -hmm. Yes. I went through, you know, some emotionally abusive relationships and she helped me see that is trauma. There isn't any woman that comes into my space that doesn't say, yeah, but it isn't as bad as so-and-so and so-and-so. And And there will always be that relativity. But what she helped me to embrace and really start to be able to give voice to were my own words, was my own experience. Because often trauma um, makes our experiences like a silent movie. We mm-hmm. will remember that they happened, but there's no emotion. It's like, yes, we can say as if I just went into the grocery store and I was sexually assaulted by a man I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. Same emotional context until we start to really, really touch that part of our brain and our heart. Mm -hmm. And the inner child was the, the sort of conduit for that, you know, Um, really giving voice to that because my abuse started when I was five. Mm -hmm. And again, I had a silent movie of it. But All of a sudden, and this happens for a lot of women, and so I hope this gives context as well, we'll remember one trauma, but often other traumas are a little bit fuzzier, you know, Mm -hmm. and and so I had some memory, but literally it was like this sort of tidal wave. All of the emotions came back at once when we started to open that portal, if you will. And she helped me to make sense of it and see how that had really laid the the template, if you will. It's like a notch in a sapling tree. After that notch happens, all of the other rings are shaped by it. Mm -hmm. And so every other relationship was shaped by that very first incident of um, being molested by someone outside of my home when I was five and suddenly, and I will, I have my picture of a little me Mm -hmm. (laughs) sitting on my desk. Um, That was when we started to talk through the voice of the inner child. And I worked with her for 
about 15 years um, weekly. And it was the most incredible experience of my life. And it helped me to come home to myself. Um, It was the hardest work I have ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also helped me connect to my calling and my purpose. And I keep getting to do that, right? The, The work is never really done. Once you start the deep work, you don't just check it off the box. Right. It gives us many opportunities and still does as I'm leveling up in my business and in my relationships. For sure. um, yeah. I want to I want to pause you and there's a few things you said there Amy that I think are really really relatable to the women in our community. So one thing that you said early on was you, your experience was one of, and this is going to be roughly paraphrasing, but like feeling like you were too much, right? Mm -hmm. So your dreams were too big. Your vision was too much, yada, yada, whatever. What we all, I think for the women who I work with personally in our community, and from what I hear from the community, that is so much of the women's experience within this group is it's, truly in some way, shape or form along the way, they picked up on the belief system that they were too much. And that can't, I'm curious, is that Mm -hmm. in and of itself a trauma? Like where, what I'm curious is that tie in with trauma, because someone may also be listening to your story and say, well, again, it's the comparison thing, right? I wasn't molested. I wasn't sexually Mm -hmm. assaulted. I didn't have something like that. And I also know, and I'm not an expert on this, but I know there's a lot of research into micro traumas and how everyone has some sort mm-hmm. of trauma. So can you speak specifically to, is there a sort of universal trauma that women who feel like they're too much go through that sometimes they may not even realize was going on for them? Hopefully that question makes sense the way I phrase it. Absolutely it does. And I'm so glad you brought this point out, Elise, because that's sort of a what we'd call a secondary trauma. You know, it's 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 a minimizing of your identity. It's it's a minimization of who you are. And often that originates with some sort of experience, trauma of varying levels. You know, we talk about big T trauma and little T trauma. And we collectively as a society went through a trauma over the pandemic. You know, we are Mm -hmm. still figuring out whether it's big T, little T, or how many traumas were a part of it. But basically there's no one who escaped it, at least in the continental U.S. and European countries and and um, most of Asia. And so, you know, it, it is that denial of our identity um, because usually there's a moment either directly with the perpetrator or when you may have tried to get intervention where your voice was muted. You know, the perpetrator plants the seed of both self-doubt and um, hyper self-awareness at the moment of saying, I am taking control. The, the, the reason the body keeps the score was written, you know, Bessel van der Kolk is someone who I studied with and he's extraordinary. Um it is that the body is prevented from doing what it would naturally do at the moment of trauma. And so we literally hold that physically. And so you are, by doing that, that means your actions are too much. 
Your identity is too much. Your pain is too much. Your words are too much if you're being silenced. Your discomfort is too much. And there's a very strange message that you are not enough at the same time. Yeah. So the real the real quandary is it's it's feeling too much and not enough and never a point of fitting in. Mm. And so we are in this constant battle of do I mute? Do I do I, you know, accelerate? Do I mute? Do I make my voice louder? Oh, wait, I better mute it. Oh, but I need to be louder because it's it is this constant debate in your own mind. How do I escape this horrible pain? And it didn't matter if you were moving from one school to another. That can be a, a micro trauma or a macro trauma, depending on how upsetting it was. It doesn't matter if it was a hurtful word from a teacher who looked at you and was horribly critical to being molested. It's really about how your heart interpreted the experience. Mm. That's how trauma is defined. It's how your emotional safety and security was interrupted by the actions or words of another person. Got it. That's so does that help? Yeah, it helps a ton. It helps a ton. And I would imagine, and again, this is why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I I study this like just for fun, but I don't have a degree in it, right? So I'm it's it's fun to talk with a real expert, um, especially between those ages of zero and seven when the analytical mind isn't formed, right? Is that when we're accumulating? That's why the inner child work is is so important, right? Because we're accumulating a lot of beliefs, perceptions about ourselves from others, because we don't have those analytical filters to say, wait, that's not true. Like that teacher just said something about me, but that's not actually true. Is that, is that a kind of a piece of it as well? Yes. And, and it can even happen in adolescence, you know, we're forming what's called our, our self-concept. And if we have a stable self-confidence, we can evaluate the words of the other, of another person and say, oh, well, They may say that, but I know who I am. And that happens later on. That is after some abstract thinking has been able to form, which is late adolescence. Mm. You know, before then, we're still wanting to have trust and, and know who we can trust in our environment. We're still trying to understand you know, that we are not the, the cause of everything. Our egocentrism, of course, has to get resolved. And yet part of us can get frozen in certain ages. It's, it's called an emotional arrest. So someone can get emotionally arrested at a certain point in their life. Um, sometimes we see this, especially with men who seem very juvenile mm. um, and and yet they aren't clearly they're 35 and yet they have the emotional capacity of a 15 year old. But it can be true for us as well. Um, and that constant sort of self-evaluation, that's that's actually a form of dissociation that can happen Um mm. That is it is low level, but it's pervasive, you know, that you're you're both observing yourself and trying to be in the moment at the same time. And and that causes a lot of self-consciousness, especially in our business, a lot of self-doubt, 
a lot of inability to judge if a decision is right or not, um, or feel confident in our presence. And that's something that I want to love the segue here, because that's exactly where I wanted to go with you next was I think someone can be listening and it's pretty easy to put two and two together of, okay, of course, if I'm emotionally arrested at age seven, and I'm bringing that energy into my business, of course, there's going to be limitations there. There's going to be maybe some ceilings that I'll hit. But from your perspective, can you go deeper into that? Because I, in my own experience, I did not expect to unlock such next level leadership let me say this. I've got a lot to learn still in that that space in terms of leadership and growth. But what I will say is Mm -hmm. I unlocked whole new levels in myself in terms of leadership, financial earnings capacity, et cetera, that I didn't know were in me once I did the work. And so I'm, I'm still obviously on this journey, but I was surprised at what a difference it made and what a true career impact it had as well. So I think that's what I'd really love to hear from you is, what are some of the real business career applications of this? Like if we're willing to go in and do the work, how can we expect things to transform? Right. Well, uh, you know, the women I work with now often will come to me and say, I want to become my next level CEO, you know, and they're, they're having success in business. It's not that they aren't, but they know there's so much more inside of them. And often that's a sensation that you have when there's locked and unresolved trauma or unhealed pains or wounds, even the word trauma, although now we're a lot more comfortable with it. You know, even two years ago, it was like, no, I don't, I don't have any trauma. That's for people who are really needing inpatient care and who are not able to function. So we see this in our business when we set poor boundaries with our clients, with ourselves, with our time, Um, with our offerings, when we're constantly feeling kind of like, yeah, this is okay for now, but I'm waiting for the bigger thing, you know, where we're always in an approximated state, you know, when you are an overgiver, when you are just giving and giving and giving, and all of a sudden you just reach that point where you almost get angry. Like I have nothing left. I am poured out. And that becomes something that you see as absolutely necessary to client satisfaction, to serving at a level. That's part of your definition of excellence, Mm. you know, where we have to be put on the altar of something in order to be valuable. And that can come up in a host of different ways. And that is, of course, one of the primary messages of trauma. You are sacrificial. And so by doing that, we sacrifice, but we do it at our own detriment, you know, because when we over sacrifice, we starve the world of our bigger presence. We starve the world of our bigger voice. You know, when we neglect, I talk about strategic self-care because it isn't about a mani-pedi or a massage, which can sometimes be part of it, but it's about asking, what do I need? And what you will find in business is you will feel a numbness and your clients will always be the greatest teachers, right? Mm -hmm. They will tell you what you are either neglecting or maybe need to pay attention to or what you're doing well, you know, but it is that sort of muting of what you need and being numb, 
Do you go all day and never take a break, never take, you know, even a bio break or you need to eat? Self-sacrifice is a huge component of it. And yet you never quite get beyond. You never see what you think it's going to bring in. You know, the the equation is never finished. Um, You're doing A plus B, but wait, where's the income? I'm working myself into the ground, but why am I not growing? And we we develop these sort of what I've seen as real equations in life. And, and that isn't where success comes from. You know, success comes from our embodiment of who God made us to be and who you are meant to be. And we get to keep working and working until we finally hit that. And when you hit that, It is by doing the deep work of coming home to yourself and starting to not self-abandon. And I've had various times in my career and continue to every time I want to up level where I am faced with huge areas of self-abandonment that I thought, oh, I've got this covered, right? But I was doing it in very, in very small ways, but very, um, very pivotal ways in in where I was headed with my business. You'll have anxiety, sleepless nights, things like that. Those are all hallmarks of having unresolved trauma. Interesting. So obviously we can't do the full deep dive in today's interview just because of time, but I'm curious in terms of kind of where to lead people from here. So if someone's listening, they're relating, okay, I 100% identify with a lot of what Amy just said. I think there can sometimes be the fear of, I'm going to have to devote my whole life to this now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to like give up a year. You mentioned like your 15 year experience with your therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, So there can be that fear of how am I going to get anything done? And how am I going to move forward in my career if I'm simultaneously healing trauma? So what does that what does that look like from a real life application standpoint? Is it, can we do both simultaneously and how much time, I know you can't say how much time is involved because it's different for everyone, but give someone like a real healthy perspective of what it truly looks like to take this on and continue to thrive in their career and the things that matter to them. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this, Elise. Thank you. Because, you know, what I kept doing, honestly, A, I was a lot younger, um, And B, I kept making unhealthy choices. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what I have learned is I I would not trade any of those experiences because I kept learning different lessons. And every single one of them has been brought into my office. And I'm able to speak to the struggle that that woman is having. So they were real gifts. Um, And my process now helps women feel the effects within a week or two. You know, I go deep very quickly and then we're able to see transformation very quickly. You know, I I tell women when you're ready to do the deep work, you know, we create an, an atmosphere of safety for that. Um, but it's the only way I know how to describe it is that the women and and couples I work with say, I feel alive inside and I never even knew I was dead. Mm. And, and it goes from black and white to color. And, 
often it just can take some time to build that trust and rapport and safety. And that's all your inner child trying to judge the environment. Like, is this, is this okay to be doing? Is it all right for me to come out of, of silence and really present myself? But, um, you know, I work typically in six month to year containers, depending on what, um, what a woman is really looking for in the support. But what is amazing is that almost immediately results start happening in your business. I was working with a woman who is at a nine figure company. And even then we dealt with things like scarcity mindset. We dealt with things like self-abandonment and boundaries. And her business totally transformed in a matter of months after being in business for over a decade because of the work that we were able to do and our identity, our person shapes the whole way our business happens. Mm -hmm. So you can't change even an inch without your business starting to transform too. Yeah. I think that's such a great thing for, for women to remember, right? Is everything in your life, it's a mirror of you, your business, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in sales, that's a mirror of you, your financial results. It's a mirror of who you're being, your relationships, your customers, it's a mirror of who you're being. So as you are willing to shift and grow and allow the, the truest expression of you to come out in her fullest Mm -hmm. power, you will, it can't not get better. It can't not improve around you. So this is, this is so powerful. And I know there's a lot more layers to it as well. So if someone is listening and they want to connect with you further, learn more about your work, get involved in your world. Amy, share some of the best ways for people to get in touch from here. Absolutely. Well, Instagram is my happy place. So it is me in the DMs. That's a great place. Or you can you can send in a request for a consultation call and we can have a brief um, breakthrough strategy call. Those are at least 30 minutes, depending on, um, you know, what is coming up. I really am. I am soul led. And so those are generous spaces. I have a beautiful podcast and Elise, you have been a guest and I hope we can get you on there again, the elevated podcast. So you can find me there. And I will also be sharing a free strategic self-care guide with your audience so that you can get some help in the interim until we may be able to speak um, voice to voice. So hopefully one of those will feel like a good fit for a first step. Amazing. Yeah. And we'll link everything in the show notes there as well for someone to go and check out. And so thank you for doing this work. This is, this is Mm -hmm. the important work. And this is, this is really where the transformation happens. Um, Just it's so true. It's from the inside out. So Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for coming on and just, I think, shedding light in so many ways to something many people may intuitively know, but not either not have experienced or not be able to put like the science or the logic behind it. So I think this was really, really helpful for for me and for so many of our listeners as well. So thank you so much, Amy. This is this is such a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Elise. And thank you for your beautiful transparency and vulnerability in sharing the power of this in your own life and in your own business, because um, your voice has healed many. I already know that. And so um, just thank you. Thank you for the ways you give. 
Oh, thank you so much. Well, to you, my listener, um, we will link all of Amy's resources in the show notes. Go connect with her. I can just, all I can do is reiterate in my own life, the profound Mm -hmm. transformation that happened. And really, this is what a lot of, I attribute my own quantum leap of feeling stuck for 10 years to suddenly feeling in flow alive. Like I was receiving what I wanted out of life. Um, this is what I attribute it to. So, uh, go get connected with Amy, with her resources. Thank you as always. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the elevated podcast. You can find out more about me and the amazing guests on our show on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your honest review of the show because nothing lights my day up more than seeing your comments, your questions, your aha moments, because that's what this is all about. We want to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life.